Hello and welcome to this episode of Chick Talk. I'm John Houston, Director of Business Services for Protrition Feed. We welcome you to this evening's episode. Once again, I'm glad to introduce our guest, Ms. Gray Parks, who is our nutritionist or one of our nutritionists in Protrition Feed. And in this episode, Gray, we want to focus on after the chicks get home. Uh, so after the chicks get home, uh, we have our brooder in place. We have all the things necessary that we've talked about in a prior episode. And, and we have all of this ready. Now the chicks are, are at home. Uh, what do we need to be concerned about immediately when the chicks arrive? So the very first thing, depending upon where you've sourced your chicks, is shipping stress. Um, chicks hatch with a reserve of the egg yolk they've absorbed in, in the egg before hatching. So they can easily live about three days without food and water, which is why we can ship them in the mail. Um, but if you're getting your chicks from the post office, they might have had a rough ride. Um, you might be someone like me who ordered chicks in February, and it could be very cold when they get there. Um, or you may pick them up from your local co-op or Stockdale's where they've already gone through those first several hours after shipping. But traveling to your home is still going to be stressful for them. So you want to get them all out, do a quick check over for health, make sure you've shown them where the feed and water are and get them under the heat as soon as possible to let them adjust to their new home. So uh, this, while it sounds funny to a lot of people, when you get these chicks, there is a such thing we call pasty butt uh, yes. that can can be a serious problem with these with these young chicks. And and so would you talk about that situation uh, and and kind of inspecting these birds and and how you would remedy that? So. Yes, so pasty butt is a problem that occurs as the chicks try to pass feces and it sticks to their feathers around their vent or their backside and accumulates instead of passing out into the bedding. And this is most common in those stressed from shipping birds, um, chicks that have gotten too cold, chicks that have gotten dehydrated for some reason. So especially the first few days, you do want to actually pick the chicks up every day and inspect their vents to make sure that they don't have a problem. If they do, then you can gently clean them off with a warm, damp paper towel um, and then make sure you dry them very well so they don't get chilled from being wet. Um, if you have a persistent problem or a high percentage of chicks having a problem, then you can add some poultry electrolytes to their water to help encourage them to drink and try to make sure that they're all getting back to normal as quickly as possible. Okay, so uh, talk to us a little bit about the feed requirement for chicks. Uh, as, as they come in, we mentioned in another episode that we do need to feed a starter uh, type product or an all flock type, type product that would most typically be a crumble. But from a, from a chick requirement standpoint, protein, amino acids, talk a little bit about that. So most chick starters are going to be somewhere in the 19 to 21% crude protein range. Um, and you might think that more is better, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, with our chicken feeds, including chick starters, we know approximately how much an animal is going to eat every day. And so those percentages are, are designed to make sure that if they eat a typical amount, then they're going to consume the right amount of nutrients. 
Um, again, as we talked about in the last video, it's important that you don't feed a layer feed to your very young chicks. Um, layer feeds can often be lower in protein in these essential amino acids and higher in calcium, which doesn't always, but can potentially cause organ damage in non-laying birds. So what would you say about these chicks, about providing uh, uh, grit or something like that? What, what do you, what's your opinion on, on that with, with young chicks, day old to three weeks or whatever? So. So for chickens that are eating only a commercial feed, they don't technically require grit. They can survive and grow and be healthy on just their commercial feed. Uh, it's been my experience that it's hard to create an environment in the home where chickens aren't eating something besides their feed, whether it's bugs, um, parts of their bedding. Uh, and especially with backyard chickens that we want to be living for a very long time much longer than in a commercial setting, it's important to provide grit to allow them to fully develop their gizzard and be able to better utilize feed as an adult. So you wanna start offering baby chick grit. I usually start at about a week of age once I'm sure they're eating and they've kind of figured life out very well. Um, and then as they get to be you know, five, six, seven weeks of age, going to a grower grit um, and then a poultry grit. The cheater way around this um, for me is that I get my birds outside as fast as possible because baby chicks make a lot of dust and a lot of noise. Um, and if they're outside on natural soil, they will find their own grit. You know, we don't have a lot of ground around here that doesn't have rock in it, right? They'll get limestone and granite that way. But if they're being housed indoors, then it's important you provide grit for them. Absolutely. So having said that, and, and I think it's important even though we're talking about chicks in this episode, but I think it's important to let our audience know the difference between grit and a calcium source. Yes. So when we talk about grit in poultry, um, chickens don't have teeth. They have nothing to chew with, but they have a specialized organ called a gizzard where they store insoluble rocks, a rock that doesn't dissolve um, over any kind of short to medium term. And when their feed enters the gizzard, those rocks actually grind the food for the chicken. Um, our calcium supplements like oyster shell or even some softer, more soluble limestone does dissolve over time. That's a slow release source of calcium and phosphorus for laying chickens. And even if you're feeding a, a complete layer pellet, it's always a good idea to have oyster shell or limestone available on the side for your layers so they can take in as much calcium as possible. Good deal. So with that information and talking about feed and the feed source and, and protein and, and all of those type requirements for uh, young chicks, well, we can't leave out uh, a very essential nutrient and that's water. So talk about how you would water the birds um, and how much and all those type things from a water standpoint. So chickens, just like all other animals, should really have access to clean, fresh water all the time. And with baby chicks, that can be a more challenging proposition than a lot of first timers realize because they do scratch in their bedding. They dust bathe in their bedding. Um, so whichever type of water, and most people will start with either a bell water or a little bell-shaped plastic water or a jar on a small round base, you want to check and probably empty and refill that twice a day when they're in the brooder because it's going to be hard to keep that clean. 
Once mine are a couple of weeks of age and doing well, I switch to a horizontal nipple waterer, um, which I actually screw into an orange juice bottle that I've emptied and cleaned. Um, and the chicks learn very quickly to peck the nipple to get water. That also keeps their water clean and their brooder dry because they're not flipping the water over, stepping in it, getting their bedding and their feathers wet during the day, and allows me to only have to refill it about once a week instead of twice a day, every day. Right, so the key is that we want to offer pre-choice water. We, we don't just water in the morning, pour some water out there. We want them to have pre-choice access to clean water. And you mentioned clean. And, and that's so very important, not only for chicks, but other animals as well, to have a clean water source. But also their surroundings uh, need to stay clean and dry uh, for best production. Um, so talk just a little bit about how important it is, uh, maybe even from a disease standpoint, to, to keep things in relatively good shape from a, from a cleanliness standpoint. So. Baby chicks are very delicate. Um, it's easy for them to get sick. It's easy for them to get chilled. And so if their bedding in the brooder gets wet, if it gets dirty, they can become chilled from the moisture. They can also develop lung issues from ammonia buildup if the bedding isn't being cleaned and turned over regularly. So you want to make sure that even if the surface of the bedding looks clean, that you are turning over and checking that bedding at least every few days um, and replacing it as often as necessary to make sure those birds are staying dry and have good healthy air. Remember that your, your baby chicks are right there at bedding level. So they're inhaling all of the fumes that are in the bedding. It's also why things like cedar shavings aren't a great idea with baby chicks because those fumes can be very harmful. Absolutely. So, so a couple other things before we end this episode and, you know, uh, the chicks are going to grow. That's what we want them to do. They're going to grow. They're going to get larger. Uh, which is why you talked in the last episode about space requirements. And I encourage you, if you haven't seen that, to go back and, and watch that. Uh, but as they w start putting on feathers and, and uh, begin to need to leave the brooder, uh, how long will it be? And this is a question I get calls about all the time. And uh, how long will it be before I can see my first egg? So most of our modern breeds of poultry will start laying somewhere in the six-month age, give or take. Um, so the very high production breeds like your leggerns, like your sex links, may lay at five months, 20 weeks or so. Um, some of the slower growers, your Orpingtons, your Brahmas, they may get closer to eight months before they lay their first egg. It also depends on what time of year you get your chicks. Um, the earlier in the summer they come of age, when the days are longer, the sooner they'll lay. So chicks that you get in February and March will probably start laying in midsummer. But if you get chicks in the fall, they may not lay till after the first of the year because they need daylight to stimulate them to lay eggs. Right. So, so when do you recommend moving them, your chicks, out of the brooder uh, to larger spaces and outside? As soon as possible. And depending on your heat space, you may actually be able to build a brooder in your coop, which is the ideal. Have them outside already. 
Um, but once they have their first set of real feathers, then they're able to go outside. You want to make sure their whole body is covered in feathers. If they still have down on their head, on their shoulders, then that's an area they can lose body heat rapidly. Depending on breed, somewhere in the six to eight week range, they're usually going to be okay. Again, depending on what time of year. So if you're raising chicks in Tennessee in July, they can probably get outside around four weeks of age because it's so hot outside that they don't actually need that external heat. But if, again, you're me and you have February chicks, it's probably going to be April before they can get outside. Right. So so as we wind up, I want to remind our audience that we will have another episode about layers and transitioning feed from, from the uh, starter grower ration to uh, more... Uh, productive layer ration and the forms of, of that layer ration and all of those things. We'll have another episode dealing with, with the layers and how to start these, uh, these young pullets off uh, with a really good start. So uh, we want to encourage you to stay tuned for another episode of Chick Talk about that. I want to thank Gray for being our guest again uh, with, with this episode. Thank you so much. A, a wealth of information. We hope that it's helped you. And if you have other questions, uh, other uh, needs about chicks or chicken production, uh, please see your folks at the local farmers co-op. And we thank you for joining us this evening.